Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. When all hope was gone, he was walking with me down the road to Emmaus. And I didn't even know it. I wonder how many times in my own life, walking down whatever road it may be, when all hope is lost, because I've been there many times, I will revisit that road, I'm sure, many times. But I wonder how often I walk down that road and he's walking right next to me, speaking with me the whole way. And I just don't recognize him. Life can feel really lonely sometimes. It often feels like you're in this all by yourself with no support and no comfort. But today, Pastor James reminds us that Jesus is always there. We just don't always see him or feel him at work. We don't see everything that he does in our lives because his scope is way larger than we can comprehend. When you're feeling lost and alone, remember that he sees and cares for you. God might feel distant at times, but know that he's walking right alongside you, even when you don't recognize him. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 24. As Pastor James continues his message, he is risen and he is near. walking through all these stories. He's like, Jesus, 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 all through the Old Testament. Had to happen this way. It had to happen this way. And so he's schooling them for probably about two hours through the entire word of God. I I don't know how he, he's Jesus. Like, I'm thinking like, it takes me forever just to teach through one chapter, right? I know. You're like, yeah, amen to that. Um, I get it. It's fine. And he walks them through it, and the whole time he's speaking to them, something's happening inside of them that they can't pinpoint. But they know, at least they have some sort of an idea of like, dude, I don't know who you are, but there's something special about you. And so they go on. Verse 28, by this time they were nearing Emmaus. In the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going to go on, right? They're like, okay, well, we got to go here. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to keep going. And they're like, no, 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 come with us. Come with us. The smartest thing you could ever do is to invite Jesus into your home. Well, let's say it this way. The smartest thing you could ever do is invite Jesus into your heart. Let's start there. And then you should be welcomed within your home as well. So he pretended. He, he made it seem like he was going to keep going on. It says verse 29, they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late, right? They didn't want this guy traveling on the road at nighttime. That's just never safe. They were demonstrating hospitality, which I I don't know if you've ever been over in Israel, um, but hospitality is a major, major thing over there, major thing. And and people over there are super hospitable. It's, It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. It's incredible. They're like, no, please stay with us. We just met you on the road, but we want to invite you into our home. That's a, wow, what a beautiful thing. Well, that's like, you know, for us Americans, we're like, well, no, stranger danger, right? Like, I get it. You know, you got to be smart, right? You need to be smart and all that good stuff. I've, I've heard of some of those stories. I've known people who've done that, and it's like, oh, like I was on the FBI most wanted list. Oh, that's, well, praise God you brought them into your house. Um, praise God you're still alive. Okay, cool. Um, like, just be led by the Spirit, okay? But um, you should demonstrate hospitality towards everyone, everyone, Okay. 
Because you never know. You never know who that person is. You never know if you're entertaining angels. You never know. These guys, I mean, they're walking with Jesus, and they're like, hey, come stay with us. And so he does. He does. He, he goes in. They begged him and all that good stuff. So he went in, uh, in, went home with them. Verse 30, as they sat down to eat, he took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, at that very moment, he disappeared. What are you doing, Jesus? Like, what in the world? But here he is, and they would have recognized this because there's a chance these guys were in the upper room when he was breaking bread and washing feet. There's a good chance he washed their feet. And so now they're watching this guy break bread, and he's blessing it. And they're like, this guy acts like Jesus. He kind of talks like Jesus. He certainly prays like Jesus. And he breaks the bread and prays and dishes it out. Poof, he's gone. So now put yourself in their shoes. Now put yourself as that other unnamed disciple, right? What are you doing? You're like, holy cow, like, what just happened? They knew that was him. Man, that was Jesus. He is alive. When all hope was lost, when all hope was gone, he was walking with me down the road to Emmaus when all hope was gone. And I didn't even know it. I wonder how many times in my own life, walking down whatever road it may be, when all hope is lost, because I've been there many times, I will revisit that road, I'm sure, many times in the journey to come. But I wonder how often I walk down that road and he's walking right next to me, speaking with me the whole way, and I just don't recognize him. That's what I love about the Bible. It's so real and so transparent. We think that these disciples are supposed to have it all together. They physically were with Jesus. They physically saw these miracles happen. And even they were heartbroken at times. Even they were hopeless at times. Even they, walking side by side with Jesus, didn't get it all the time. That's good company, guys. That's good company. But he disappeared. Verse 32, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem, seven miles in the dark this time. That's a dangerous road. Never miss that. You think like, oh, it's a, you know, this was at night. Remember, they got home at night. So in the pitch black, they're going to go seven miles and they're probably going to run it seven miles to get back to Jerusalem to tell the others their experience. It says, within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. Believe what's going on. Believe the rumors, quote unquote. It's real. It's true. He just walked with us. He spoke to us. He taught us the scriptures from the Old Testament until all the way through, from Moses to the prophets, he broke bread with us, and then he disappeared. It's real. It's true. It happened. He is risen. And it says here, he appeared to Peter. So they're just validating all the stories. This is two more eyewitnesses who are validating the truth of the story. He did what he said he was going to do. He did what he said he was going to do. 
Well, where's he at now? I have no idea. He broke bread and then he took off. We have no, he just disappeared. And so as they're doing this, and you can tell that probably the excitement's building up and all that good stuff, and everybody's like, what in the world is going on? They're in this room. They're explaining all this stuff. It says, verse 35 there, the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them in the room. Poof, right? There he is. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. And you're like, come on, guys. Like, all right. And these two guys, and, and probably these two guys included, but they're telling the story, can't believe it, all this crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's Jesus in the room. And now everybody is terrified because they think he's a ghost for the second time. Remember when they were in the boat, Sea of Galilee, and they thought they were going to die? And Jesus came out walking to them on the water, and they were all frightened then. They're like, ah, it's a ghost. Well, here they are again in this room. They're all talking. The door's probably locked. It's probably, you know, shut and locked because we're next is what they're thinking. We're next. They took him down. They're probably going to come after us. And then from out of nowhere, there's Jesus standing in their midst, and they all become frightened. They all become frightened. And we would think like, guys, come on. Don't you know by now? He's risen. He's not a ghost. He's risen. Verse 38, Jesus tells him, he's, he asks him, why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Being able to see right through them. And I know Thomas gets the bad rap, but Thomas isn't even part of this story. That story happens next. That's like a, a week later, so to speak. Thomas isn't here for this one. And we always, you know, get on to doubting Thomas. No, all the disciples doubted. All the followers doubted. It wasn't just Thomas. That dude got a bad rap. I don't know why. He got singled out. I know. He got his own story. That's cool for him you know, or whatever. But they all doubted. And again, just an encouragement for us. When it seems like the world is falling apart. The world is falling apart. And Jesus, where are you at? And then sometimes he shows up. And even when he shows up, we doubt him. Well, it can't be really you. That can't really be you, Lord. That can't be you doing that. Even in the midst, even in their presence, they're still doubting him. And he peers, I mean, right, through, right straight to their heart. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? And he says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see it's really me. Touch me. Make sure I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. I love that. Jesus is like, guys, he's like, calm down. Why are you so afraid? You think I'm a ghost? Okay, here's the hole where the nail went through. Go ahead. Just like he told Thomas. A week later, he's going to tell Thomas the same thing because Thomas didn't show up for this meeting. Thomas bailed. And then the disciples were able to get him back, and they were like, no, look, he really showed up. Well, see, what he did for Thomas, he did for all the disciples. You don't believe me. Here's my wounds. Look at my ankles. Go ahead, touch. You, you need to see on my side where they, they jammed that spear? Go ahead. What proof do you need? I love this about Jesus. He will meet you exactly where you're at. 
you doubt his existence, he can show up in the room with you. And he could say, all right, well, what do you need? What do you need to believe? What do you need to believe? You need to touch my wounds? Then have at it. Touch my wounds. This is the Jesus we need to promote. This is the Jesus we need to be talking about. Not the Jesus who's going to like, you give your life to him and everything's going to go great. I don't know that Jesus. Because that one doesn't exist. The Jesus I know is the one who says, look, you're having a hard time? I know what that feels like. You need me to show up in your life today? You need to touch these wounds? Have at it. Have at it. You're dealing with doubt right now? Okay, let's walk through this together. That's the Jesus we need to promote. That's the Jesus we need to talk about. Does your life get better by giving your life to Jesus? Totally. It's the best thing that could ever happen to you. Best thing that could ever happen to you. But if we're real and if we're honest, walking with Jesus has been the best experience of my entire life. No question about it. But it has also been one of the most challenging and difficult things I've ever done as well. You enter into a battlefield when you've walked with Jesus. When you pledge your allegiance to him, you are enlisted into the battle. And will he protect you? Yes. Does he care about you? Yes. Will you be okay? Yes. Will you make it in the end? Yes. Will it be worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Will it be smooth selling? No. An emphatic no. But don't give up. Don't give up. You go through seasons where it's difficult, call out to him. Cry out to Jesus. Say, man, I'm having a hard time believing. I'm just having a hard time. I'm going to be real, Jesus. You probably should be because he knows when you're lying, number one, okay? So don't be phony with him in your prayer life where you're like, no, Jesus, it's good. Like, we treat each other at church. How you doing? I'm good. I'm all right. I'm all right. Like, right, basically, it's Christian code for like, please don't talk to me. Please don't ask me any other questions because my life is falling apart. I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good, right? You can't do that with him. You can't do that with Jesus. He sees right through it. So you might as well be real with him. I mean, this stinks. I do not like what is happening right now. I don't know what you're doing. It doesn't feel like you're in my life at all. It feels like you're distant. It feels like you're gone. Maybe you're blessing and caring about other people more than me. It feels like you have left me. Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why aren't you answering my prayer? Why are you not answering my prayer? And this Jesus shows up in the room with you and knows how to minister to you and say, no, look, I'm here. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I will be with you through this journey. I told you you would make it to the other side. I told you you would make it to the other side. Now just trust me. That's frightening. That's hard for me. It's hard for me to trust him when I can't see everything and when I don't know how it's all going to work out. It's difficult for me. But that's what faith is. I'm going to keep following you. I'm going to keep following this Jesus who knows how to show up in the room. And even when they respond in a way that's like of fear and with doubt, he can still speak gently to these guys and offer himself to them and say like, what do you need? What, what do you need to believe? 
what do you need me to do to help you with your unbelief? And he will meet you right there. It's amazing. It's amazing. Even some of the stories. I don't know what your personal testimony is like, but man, I know what mine was like. I have like an experience like this. And I've shared that before with you guys. But I was 19 years old, man, as lost as can be. And I was hopeless in the fact that I had no hope in humanity. I had no hope in this life. And I just thought like, this is so pointless. It's so pointless to be on this planet where there's so much pain, so much suffering. And if there is a God, then why is this allowed? These are things that I was struggling with. I was wrestling with these things. People talk about peace. I didn't know what that was. I had, no, I had no concept of what peace was like within my heart. No clue. I wanted it, but I didn't know where to find it. I wanted purpose because there has to be some sort of purpose behind all this, right? Like there's got to be a plan, but I couldn't find it. I didn't know. And I looked, and I, I told you guys this before. Man, I, I investigated. I looked into other religions, and nothing offered it at least not in a real sense. There was a lot of pseudo peace in that sense. It was like a sugar pill, so to speak, right? It wasn't real until in the mountains of Colorado, all by myself, Jesus showed up in my room and he says, look, dude, I died for you. I rose from the grave three days later. You in or you out? Basically, that's what he was saying. James, I love you. I've always loved you. I died for you. You want to come follow me? Then come follow me. And it was in that moment I was like, I'm all in. I'm done. You said it, I believe it. You said it, I believe it. Where you tell me to go, I'll go. What you tell me to do, I'll do. What you tell me to say, I'll say. I'm all in. I'm all in. See, I needed that room, that moment, that meeting with Jesus. I would encourage you to reflect back on what that moment was like for yourself. When did he show up and reveal himself to you? What was that like? What was that like? And for me, that was like the sweetest glimpse of Jesus ever. And it has forever changed the way that I look at the Bible and, and all that. He's so loving. He's so compassionate. He's so gracious. And he knows how to show up in our lives right when we need him to. It says that he, as he spoke, he showed his hands and his feet. Verse 41, still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder, but still kind of not believing, right? It says, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and all the Psalms or in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he says, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of these things. And he says, now I send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. After this story, they will journey up to the Galilee region, and he would ascend into heaven. But he leaves them basically with this great commission. He says, look, I showed up and did everything I said I was going to do. I did everything I said I was going to do. And he opened up their minds so that they could have some understanding, which is exactly what all, we all need as well. You, I don't need any, anything else to open up my mind. I only need Jesus to open up my mind so that I can see him and what he has said in his word. 
That's all you need is for him to do that for you. But the message to these guys is the same for us as well. This great commission. The story doesn't end there. He says, okay, now you take that and go and share it with other people. Take what? What? That there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You take that and share that with other people. Take that message. Start in Jerusalem. Go to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth, so to speak, proclaiming that he is who he said he was. He conquered sin. He conquered sin and death. And through his sacrifice on the cross and through his resurrection from the grave, there is forgiveness for an abundance of sins. For an abundance of sins. I had plenty of my own to bring to him. And he took them all. Past, present, future. He willingly, gladly took all of my sins and died for that. That's the beauty of Easter, guys. You can't do it. None of us can do it. None of us are good enough. We'll never be good enough. We can't hit the mark. You can't. The bar's too high. And he never intended for you to do it. He came and died so that all we have to do is simply believe that he died and he rose again. And the saving act is is in Jesus alone and what he's done for us. And that's a beautiful gospel message. So take that, embrace that. If you're a believer, embrace that and let that fuel you. Let that inspire you to get you through those lonely walks down that road to Emmaus, so to speak. When the doubts creep in, just remember, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. And not only that, but he said, he promised in that great commission, I will never leave you. He says, lo, I will be with you always until the end. I will be with you. You need to know that. If you're a believer, you need to know that. He is with you. He is with you. If you're not a believer and he ha- he's not your savior, well, today's the day to surrender. Today's the day for new life to begin. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's new life. It's rebirth, so to speak, in Jesus. It's not just a fresh start. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's not a do-over. It's a brand new beginning is what it is in this walk, this journey with Jesus that is the most, it's the most amazing thing that you could ever do, that you could ever do. I have no regrets in following Jesus for 20 years, none at all, zero. I have a lot of regrets, so to speak, in a small window of life from age, whatever accountability, it started kind of in junior high for me, whatever, up until I was 19 years old. A lot of regrets jam-packed within that small window of my life. But from 19 to where I'm at now, I don't even remember how old I am, but I'm somewhere in the 40s, early 40s, uh, I think. Um, I don't have, man, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. Have I made mistakes? Totally. Absolutely. All along the way, I've made mistakes. I've fallen down. He's picked me up. I'm going to fall down many more times. He's going to pick me right back up. I have no regrets of going on this journey with Jesus, though. Not at all.
We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from God's Word on Bread for the Broken. Pastor James has been teaching through a series called The Road to Redemption. As you learn about the journey and progression that led Jesus to the cross, you come to humbly appreciate what Jesus was willing to step into for you. Why on earth would he agree to such a torturous path that would ultimately lead to his imminent death? Well, if the story only ended on the cross, it would be no story. It'd just be history. But the story carries on because Jesus' death meant life for all. His sacrificial death took the sins of all that no one else could bear. But because Jesus is God, he didn't just stay dead with your sins. He conquered death, proving that he's stronger than death, which makes you free from the debt of sin. That's such a relief, isn't it? Are you familiar with this narrative, or is this all new information for you today? Well, if you have questions, would you get in touch with us? Go to breadforthebroken.com and fill out the form under the contact tab. We'd be happy to follow up with you on what you heard in today's message. If you'd like to explore more teachings from this series or other books of the Bible, you can also do this at our website, breadforthebroken.com. With that, our time with... With that, our time with you has come to an end today, but join us again next time as Pastor James shares more in this series called Road to Redemption. Jesus didn't come to redeem just a select few. He came to save you too. So be encouraged and inspired by what you hear on Bread for the Broken.